eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh House. Miami's offense, Josh, was on a whole new level on Sunday. Let me go through these possessions. The Dolphins, the Denver Broncos decided it was a smart idea. Hey, we're going to kick the ball off to this Dolphins offense feeding the game. Well, the Dolphins went 75 plays in three excuse me, 75 yards in three plays, Josh. That was capped off by a 54-yard touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill. The next drive was another touchdown, followed by another touchdown. Downs, touchdown, touchdown, end of hell. Touchdown, 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 punt. Touchdown, touchdown, downs. Josh, there's there's, there's so many plays we can talk about here in so many different directions. Let's start early. I know there's a touchdown late you really want to talk about here, and we I promise you we will get to it. But let's start that first possession, Josh. The Dolphins came out and flat out punched the Denver Broncos in the face, and it was Tua to Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill finished the game with nine receptions for 157 yards and a touchdown, long of 54. He could have had another crazy, crazy touchdown where his knee just hit the ground. But, man, early on, this was the bread and butter. It was, hey, we have Tua, we have Tyreek, come try to beat us. Yeah, exactly. And I think what was mo- really stood out in that 54-yard 50, touchdown reception was how wide open he was. I mean, and how much time Tua had. Do you know I mean, why he was? Because because he's Tyreek Hill. Everyone was doubling my boy Chosen, right? They yep. fit on Chosen underneath. Um, but, yeah, man, so they started with the Raheem Mostert. I think he got seven yards on first, and Smite had a nice chunk, and then just came out 54-yarder wide open to Tyreek Hill, and that kind of just set the stage for how this day was going to go, right? We thought Tua Tavailoa and Tyreek Hill were going to be 
um, I guess the stars this and not to say they weren't, but it was the run game that started to, you know, just score at will. But Tua Tagovailoa, man, was damn near perfect for most of this game. I think he had what 16 or 17 completions in a row, and it was right after they showed the stat that he was like right behind Tannehill where he threw the incompletion. So couldn't really ask for a better game again offensively. But you're right, man. It started as soon as the Dolphins got the ball, they went down there and scored and um, set the stage for how this day was going to go. Before the game, Josh, I'm not going to be that guy because I never expected the Dolphins to win by 50 points. But we kind of had the feeling that Miami might come out and want to put on a show, right? Tyreek Hill had that quote of like, you guys go to CeeLo away and you guys go to see Drake. You guys should be coming to see the Miami Dolphins. And, and that's why I kind of knew he'd be one of the first players to score a touchdown for this Dolphins team. But Josh... We pod so much where it's so easy for us to kind of pull out a pod and say, maybe we should just shut up. Once in a while, you know what? We talk a lot about this team. Maybe we should shut up because we went on a ramp. I will take most of the land for this about how the Dolphins might need another running back. You mentioned the injuries to Jeff Wilson, uh, you know, Chris Brooks. You don't know if you can trust him to be a consistent backup. Selvan Ahmed, he misses the game. In the first quarter, Josh, the Dolphins wasted no time going to Devon A. Chain. Not only did the rookie running back lead the Dolphins with 203 yards on 18 carries, but he dashed in another four receptions for 30 yards and another two touchdowns. Were you surprised to see him involved so early on and quite frankly so often? I think I think the last part for sure so often, right? I mean, we kind of knew that he was going to be that next guy up behind uh, Raheem Mostert. We knew the Dolphins were going to want to run the ball um, effectively. But, dude, 18 carries, 203 yards, and two touchdowns. Those uh, two touchdown Man. receptions, which, I mean, those those play designs were just that first one where, you know, to a no-look shoveled with his right hand as Tyreek was coming around to fake it. I mean, dude, Mike McDaniel is an absolute mastermind, but you don't have to sit here and take the credit for that. I mean, that was a homework assignment you gave us, and I was trying to get the Jonathan Taylor talk out there, but I'm going to put that to rest right now. You know, for as nice as a Jonathan Taylor would look, for as nice as one of these other backs would look, I don't think the Dolphins should, you know, even think about it at this point. Devon A. Chain looked like an absolute stud. Raheem Mostert, I think he's probably leading the league in touchdowns right now, right? He was tied with three. He had, what, added four more in this game, three on the ground. I mean, hey, he's playing out of his mind. So I don't think the Dolphins need to worry about going out there and, you know, trading for a Jonathan Taylor like we may have thought before. But, um, man, Devon A. Chain looked explosive. Raheem Mostert looked explosive. And it was so cool to see. I believe uh, NFL put up, like, next-gen stats, the fastest ball carries of the year, and all five of those were Dolphins. I think three were Tyreek Hill, one was Mostert, and one was A. Chain. It's like that we really do have a video game offense. And, I mean, Mike McDaniel, we joked about before, has his mom's credit card, and he's building this Madden Ultimate team where he's just using those crossers and speed to, you know, gash defenses. It's beautiful. We love to see it. And uh, today, the run game, man, really, really stepped up. Bro, McDaniel's praying for the day that that credit card statement never comes in. He's just hoping that that pill must be so insane. The most yards in a game in NFL history, 1951, the Rams, Josh, had 735 against one of your favorite teams there, the Yanks. You can't forget about the Yanks. And then in 2023, it was the Dolphins with 726 yards against the Denver Broncos. And Josh, believe it or not, the Dolphins selected a very explosive wide receiver in the first round of the 2021 NFL draft. He was inactive for the game. He was jumping up and down on the sidelines. They actually got some film of him after the game yelling his uh, coined fins for the win, which I absolutely love. But Looking at this chart, man, looking at this offense, 
we kind of felt, all right, Jalen Waddle, he's good for, you know, five to 10 targets. And all of a sudden those are gone. Tua's is going to be the blackjack dealer. He's going to spread those around. We'll see some uh, River Craycraft. He actually left the game with an injury. It was a shoulder. We don't know the severity of that just yet. Braxton Berrios, he'll get a couple of receptions, even Durham Smythe. But man, Durham Smythe was targeted once. River Craycraft injured, but he was also targeted once. Braxton Berrios was targeted twice. So what was your reaction to see how this offense was just marching up and down the field, knowing that these three key pieces combined for four total targets and the offense, Josh, scored 70 points? 70. Yeah, but what, what world are we honestly living in? You mentioned it. Jalen Waddle's not in this game. You s- mentioned the different targets. I mean, they were running the ball effectively. They were doing things with their running backs that they didn't have to get some of these playmakers involved in the passing game like we thought we might see. But um, I don't know, man. Maybe that's why they didn't try to go out there and break the record for points because Mike McDaniel knows they're going to be back here again, right? Up and down the entire thing. And we do have to give our sh- a shout-out to Teron Armstead because I don't know if that run game would have been as good if he wasn't out there. I did get a little bit queasy when I saw Liam Eikenberg out there taking snaps later in the game because Connor Williams was out. I don't know. Did he ever come back in? I'm not sure if Eichenberg finished the game or if it was uh, Williams came back. But, um, dude, that offensive line has been playing out of their mind. This entire offense is out of their mind, and um, it feels good to be a Dolphin fan, man. Yeah, it was a stretch run out to the left side, I think it was, where Connor Williams, he was out in open space, and he kind of just, like, fell over. I hope it wasn't a contact injury and more of maybe he felt something tighten up and, like, all right, I'm just going to roll over. I'm not really in the play too, too much. Um, We'll hear more about that injury as we go, but that's another thing worth mentioning, man, too. Like, you don't put up 70 points if you have um, snapping issues, right? Is is that safe to say that you ain't fumbling any snaps if you're putting up a 70 burger? Yeah, I think that's pretty safe to say. It was just an overall, just such a well-rounded performance, and it started with the rushing attack. The Dolphins had six drives in the first half. They scored touchdowns on five of them. They had the most rushing yards in a half since 2018, and the third most points in regular season history. Josh, the Dolphins ran the ball 43 times, 350 yards on the ground. Take that, Austin Eckler and the Chargers. You know nothing about running the football when you look at numbers like that. Were the Dolphins going to run the ball this much if Teron Armstead wasn't active? I mean... I think when we look back to last year, I mean, the bread and butter was that toss run behind Armstead to the left side. And it seemed like this, you know, rushing, rushing attack really just picked up where it left off five touchdowns, 8.1 yards per carry. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, man, I'm not sure if they were going to, if Teron Armstead was out, but it was working effectively. And I think you mentioned on the last pod, you were like, yo, Josh, do you think this means that Mike McDaniels, you know, finally committed to the run? We're finally over that. I think we can now say we're over that, right? 43 carries, um, 300 plus yards on the ground. It's just insane, man, that um, this is how well this offense looked out there. And to just think that, you know, they don't have some of their their pieces, like you mentioned, man. I mean, this, this team has room to even get better and to think about that, to think about um, – you know, what the potential from here on. I mean, Salvin Achman looked great this year as a running back. Now we got him adding him to Devon A-Chain, who looks like a, a stud. Raheem Mostert playing out of his mind. Jeff Wilson's going to get healthy again. I mean, it's a good problem to have. We're going to have to give flowers to the defense at some point, but I do have a couple more comments about the offense, Josh. We have to talk about them. Robbie Chosen, one reception 
on one target, 68 yards and a touchdown. Before we get to the actual reception, man, how do you feel about how the offense used someone like Robbie Chosen? We mentioned this before. He's not that Jalen Waddle possession guy who's going to help you move the sticks. But what does he do? He gives you a distraction all the way down the field. Someone who everyone's going to focus on. We mentioned it earlier that on that Tyree kill massive run that for some reason, Robbie Chosen was double covered. We saw the vision and how he can really impact this offense, I felt. Yeah, he's not Jalen Waddle, but in a sense, he can still be that decoy similar to Jalen Waddle. Use that speed to scare defenses, and you mentioned it. We saw it on that uh, early touchdown. We saw it on that big play, right? I mean, I could not – I was sitting there, I think, probably getting the kids something to eat or whatever it was, and I look up, and I'm like, there's no way. Robbie Cho – he was, like, on the ground, like, praying. And I'm like, no way, man. He just scored a touchdown. Are you serious? This is awesome. So, um, I like the way they sprinkled him in. Obviously, again, he brings a different dynamic than what we expect from Braxton Barrios or even a River Craycraft. So, um, to see him get involved a little bit here, I – I love to see it, and I hope that, you know, they can sprinkle him in a little bit more. But um, you look at this receiving corp, and this was without Eric Ezekoma, which I do think um, that was a little bit of a surprise, right, them going with um, them going with Robbie Chosen over Eric Ezekoma. I mean, that surprised me a little bit, especially when I think we were on here talking about how we might see Ezekoma get some of those carries in this game. So, um, yeah, man, like to see it. Love to see Robbie Chosen out there and hope to see more of him. But if we don't need him, I'm okay with that too. Can I get your thoughts on Ezukamo real quick? Because I think that was very interesting. That was the eyebrow before the game. He was inactive. Uh, if he was active, whose toes does he step on in terms of targets? Does that mean Devon A-Chain, you know, oh no, he wouldn't get targeted or have 22 touches in the game? Or where would the game plan overlap where you don't necessarily feel that Ezukamo would be involved? Yeah, I can't say for sure, but that's kind of what my first thing was. I was thinking about A-Chain and the way, you know, maybe they knew that he was going to be out there. He was going to get involved in some of those, you know, end arounds, those different opportunities in the passing game as well. So maybe they thought, okay, let's give Robbie Chosen a chance. I don't know if Eric Ezukoma had any injuries uh, peak up throughout the week. I think he was pretty relatively healthy, correct? So um, it might have been a healthy scratch, but yeah, I immediately thought maybe it would cut into Devon A-Chain's a little bit, but if the running game's moving as well as it did, I mean, we talked about Jake, all it takes is Devon A-Chain breaking off that one big play to keep getting touches, and that's exactly what we saw here. I mean, the, the dude went uh, psycho, and it was it was awesome to see. So um, yeah, man, I think that he'd probably dip into A-Chain's a little bit, but um, you got to get A-Chain out there in the field more now too, right? What a tough question. What a great question to have, though, wondering how are you going to get all these playmakers out in the field at the same time? And we have to mention it one more time, Josh, before we move on. Three games, the Chargers, solid pass rush. The Patriots defense, we know how good they are. And then the Denver Broncos, who you gave up 70 points. You're not a good defense. There's no there's no sugar coating. There's no way around it. But they do have some pieces. I mean, Pat Sertan II is one of the best cornerbacks in the league, and he was still stuck just chasing around guys all day. He had no idea what was going on. I mean, this offensive line deserves its flowers. 8.1 yards per carry on the ground. Tua stayed clean. Mike White was even clean when he was in there. That has to be the biggest surprise about this 3-0 and start to begin the year. Yeah, and I mean, if we're nitpicking, and I, I don't want to be that guy because, I mean, we're up, we won by 50 points, but what the hell was that? Um, why, did, why did they go for it on fourth down? Like their, what, their back was against, like, their 35-yard line, and for whatever reason, fourth and one, I think I'd written down. They ended up stopping them. The defense stepped up and forced the punt, so I guess it wasn't that big of a deal, but I'm just sitting there like, why are you doing that? You have this game in control. Punt the damn ball, man. Don't get too cute when you have your back against the, um, well, you know, on your own side of the field. So that was my only gripe, but um, I mean, who cares, right? They won by 50 points. You know why they just didn't trust Sanders to kick it from the th their own 35. That's longer. otherwise, otherwise they would have had him out there kicking the field goal. Yeah, that was probably the one question and it, it is a genuine question worth having, but they were moving the ball so well. It was more the play calling. I didn't like, yes, I, 
love to get the ball in Alec Ingle's hand, but the fullback dive up the middle, especially that was when Tua is still perfect on the day. He might have been like 13 for 13 at the time, just to run it up the middle twice. That seemed like a very like uh, Joe Philbin level move. I like the idea to go for it. I like the idea to even get um, Alec Ingle in twice, but it's full on fool me once, shame on uh, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, something like that. I think that sounds right, right? Yeah, yeah, that sounds good to me. I I don't know what they were thinking there, but again, it, it really doesn't matter. It worked out in the Dolphins' favor. They ended up stopping the defense, who you know took the ball over. They were already in field goal range, ended up getting out of there with zero points. So, um, awesome performance overall. But yeah, why was Ingold getting those touches when Raheem Mostert and Achey they were moving the ball effectively? Even Chris Brooks had a couple carries too. He finished the day with nine carries for sixty-six yards and a touchdown. I think that is it for offense, Josh. Are we missing it? Oh. Two and no luck passes. I mean, at some point when you're up 30 points in a game and you're just throwing stuff out there, man, I mean, there can be a debate to ha- probably not anymore, but there was a debate to be had about having is Tua worth that next contract. But I think there's one thing that we can safely say. I think he was worth the fifth overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft. At this point, we can say the Dolphins may in five years, things can change. But as of right now, three years in the future, four years in the future, I'd say the fifth pick in the 2020 NFL draft. I, I think that was a good selection, selecting Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah, man. I think he's, what, 24 and 13 now as a starter. He's been just putting up psycho numbers. And it's just nice to see him in an offense with a head coach that believes in him and trusts him and all these weapons they put around him. And now the offensive line's stepping up. I mean, there were times, man, where he just seemed like he had all day to throw. And it just it was an anomaly. I wasn't used to it. I didn't know what was going to happen. I thought the game was just going to black out and it was going to say you were disconnected from your opponent or something. <laughs> We'll